Now it's time for a bishop and the council round up. Nearly a two-hour meeting last night. Ton to get to. Uh, we'll hear uh, an announcement from one alderman who is uh, looking at uh, a different opportunity elsewhere. Uh, we'll also hear the back and forth between Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow and a Springfield alderman who raised concerns. Heard about that yesterday live on the air. Uh, but we also spilled into last night's uh, City Council Committee of the Whole. Uh, plus, uh, we'll talk about how to deal with those experiencing homelessness in the community. So it's just some of what's coming up, but uh, let's go ahead and start off the Council Roundup each and every Wednesday here on the WMAY Morning News Feed, brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. They're downtown location now open for lunch, Head West Subs. 7-12, and uh, let's get right into it. The Treasurer, Misty Busher, offering up her report of the city's finances, where we're at, what's the checkbook looking like how's the savings account how's the checking account uh what's the corporate fund looking like here's misty busher corporate fund in the month of july had a beginning balance of 38 million six hundred seventy thousand eight hundred and fifty two dollars we took in total receipts of eleven million eight hundred forty three thousand five hundred twenty nine dollars we had total disbursements in the month of july of eight million four hundred eighty nine thousand three hundred twenty four dollars which left the corporate fund with a total ending balance of $42,025,057. Chair Proctor, that total includes the ARPA money, which is currently sitting at $16,902,006.50. That concludes my report. So, um, you know, $16 million of federal tax dollars that are in those accounts, and uh, the city is, of course, looking at how to... And so the initial proposal... ...how to best uh, expend those dollars, and uh, what are the different types of things they can actually spend that money on. Uh, so moving on now, we are hearing from uh, the Continuum of Care, Josh Sabo there last night, uh, giving his plans for the... Uh, $1.2 million the city's looking to spend initially here. Uh, so let's hear about some of those revised plans. Here's Josh from last night's City Council Committee of the Whole. And so the initial proposal uh, was for emergency shelter. And as we've had further discussion about how to meet that need uh, in a sustainable way, but also in a way that could make some funding available for more of a solution to end homelessness, uh, that's what helped us develop the, the proposal that we sent to you yesterday. So what are the various elements? Uh, Salvation Army has agreed to, to help address that gap for us for the next 12 months by providing overflow shelter, case management, and day services in coordination with other services available in our community. Over the course of those 12 months, this, area, this issue is going to be a, a special area of focus for our community-wide strategic plan, uh, which has already started. And so in the next six months, we plan to have guidance around how this need might be met in a more sustainable way uh, that we hope to use to develop a plan that could be implemented before those 12 months are up. So there's a ton of other elements involved in all of this. And so uh, those vouchers are helping us to create a move-on program where we can take people who are currently in permanent supportive housing uh, but who no longer need that intensive case management and help them to, to enter into more mainstream um, services. And even more. We've been able to hire a housing navigator. Uh, this person will be able to, to work with landlords, uh, to be able to engage landlords about units that are available and help to expand the number of units that are available to continuum services. 
and that person will begin at the end of the month. And even more elements of the plan. Uh, several agencies have already committed to expanding rapid rehousing and permanent supportive housing, while many more are figuring out how their agencies can help with that as well. So let's get a little bit of a roundup here on the roundup. That's a snapshot in addition to a lot of the programs that our agencies already offer. There's a lot of momentum moving in the right direction. And so that's why we feel like this is an important time to come forward with this proposal and uh, this process that we hope will uh, not just meet the immediate need, uh, but really put the focus on helping to create more supportive housing so that we can end homelessness together. So we're hearing from Josh Sabo from Continuum of Care in front of the city council last night about an ordinance to free up some dollars to help with the uh, situation of those experiencing homelessness and what kinds of programs are going to be offered. Uh, but looking forward, there will need to be more programs and more spending and more planning. Uh, more from Josh Sabo. Uh, one of those are the, the home ARP funds that the city will get for almost $2.4 million. Uh, those will, will come to the city through the home grant program. And even more. Uh, we would ask that the continuum in the city uh, spend a lot of time uh, working together to, to figure out how to best use those funds and use the guidance that we're going to get through the strategic planning process that we've started. And other things they're looking for moving forward. Again, we don't expect you to take action on that tonight, but we believe all of this is part of the full picture of how we can not just provide overnight shelter uh, in the cold months, but to, to create some stability from there uh, that we can also move on to addressing the real housing need that we have as a community. So yeah, it's not just focusing on uh, temporary beds, uh, but really getting people access uh, to those services that will help them get on their feet uh, to be able to address their needs. Uh, Alderwoman Conley uh, sounding off about the, uh, the various proposals and the importance of focusing on this issue. So I do hope part of this education and outreach is going to be working with, um, and I believe Erica Smith mentioned, the faith community to help find a, a location that comes with, with community input and, and support so that we, we come to something that is really long-term sustainable and, and, and welcomed where it is. Alderman Jim Donnellan sounding off as well. That I, that I really liked is the fact that uh, one of the goals is not to be wondering annually. Ah, I can't really hear him. Where are we going to be? Where are we going to be headed? We're actually trying to get it. He's had that problem for a while. It's really, it's been, you know, if, if people listen, they're like, I don't hear Alderman Donnellan enough on the council roundup. It's because his microphone sounds like this. It is way quieter than everybody else's microphone. You'll actually hear more about that coming up with Alderman complaining about the uh, the city's technology. Uh, so stay tuned. I just wanted to get that clip in there because it just highlights how how quiet. Alderman Donnellan's uh, microphone is. Uh, here's Alderman Redpath. There is a, a capacity of people out there who are going to refuse this and are going to be out there. Do we, how do we deal with that? How do we, how do we get them to come into the fold? Yeah, I think the key is that housing outreach team that we've talked about. So really, in, that MBH worker will be a part of that. Um, but um, we have our um, Officer Jones as a part of that team as well. So we have people who are out there always uh, helping the homeless in Springfield uh, that are always out there working and building relationships with people. And that's going to be the key, I think, being able to, to, to know people, to know what their situation is, to be able to build that level of trust. So that Alderman Sean Gregory's got some concerns. Has the continuum had any conversations with any um, neighborhood associations on the east side of the tracks? We're, we're, we're planning on um, having this. Have we had any conversations with them? Regarding the overflow shelter, we've not. Is there any reason why? 
I think in part because that's where that's where people are and that's where the conversation was around the building, but that would be the only only reason at this point. And I'd say the other component is that this is a temporary solution. It's not a long-term solution. And so the goal, <clears throat> if anything was to be more permanent, obviously would be able to have a, an intentional community process around what happens from there. He continues on with some more questions. We have uh, in the notes, uh, I know one of the entities won't breathalyze the homeless anymore. Maybe that will help some of them get in there. Um, so with, with this entity, if, if, if we're going to put them out at 7.30 a.m. every morning like we do at one of our local places now, how is that helping them? Ultimately, Gregory's questioning, why don't we do, have like 24-hour type of services? You know, the reality is, you know, we offer shelter beds um, as a community. We, we need to offer adequate low-barrier shelter beds. This overflow shelter will, will match uh, the low barriers of helping hands. So uh, the goal is to really make that, um, you know, to the degree that it can be a, a seamless operation. And uh, more on this from Josh Sabo from Continuum of Care. Our approach is housing first, meaning so that if a person is, is alive, they're, they're worthy of being housed on the, on the basis of being a human. And so they, they meet the criteria. You know, the issue is being able to develop as a community the, the system, the resources, and the ability to connect people with that housing as quickly as possible. I, I agree with that. But uh, he did have uh, just a, a continued line of concern uh, and uh, possibly something that's going to keep him from supporting this measure. I, I, I'm not comfortable um, investing all this money into a situation and we're still going to look at, you know, having this issue, you know, and, and that, that's the part that troubles me is, is, is that, you know, I, I feel like we're going down the same cycle that this, you know, this, this is fine. Um, we're going to let them in at night. We're going to put them out at 730 in the morning. We're about to consider three ordinances to ticket homeless people. And we'll actually hear a lot more about that coming up. Alderman Williams, uh, he has some concerns as well and various issues that he wants to make sure are addressed. The thing we don't want to do is give the perception that we're doing something about it. We pass these ordinances and they still see a tent city. They still see people panhandling. They still see people laid out on the sidewalks. They, they, they don't see a change, but they saw money get approved. And uh, it's never good when you just see money going out and uh, don't really see much of a change, uh, Alderman Williams continues. A, a strong component of this has to be dealing with that to find out do they need to be in an institution uh, can, or should they be out even out on the streets. And I think that's an important question, he continues. I'm just trying to make sure when we direct funds somewhere, it goes where it's most impacted. You know, it's really going to fix this problem and not just pass something that we just do what we've been doing. So we heard a good round of questions and concerns from Alderman, and it uh, looks like they're going to move forward with this. One last statement from uh, Josh Sabo from Continuum of Care. Certainly not as a, as a final answer in terms of, you know, those home ARP funds, expanding case management, really building out the housing programs. That's the key. And this strategic plan is going to help us think about all the funding mechanisms in our community that can help us do that. And then we as a community, we have to act on it. We've got to, we've got to take steps forward or we will continue to be in the same spot and people will continue to suffer outside our doors. So they uh, put it on debate. We'll see where it goes next week. Uh, meanwhile, they'll tackle a couple of other homeless issues when it comes to uh, panhandlers. And uh, it's not just those who are experiencing homelessness that are panhandling, but they're looking at uh, some ways to try to address that. Uh, but those measures put on hold. We'll get to that coming up here in a bit.
continuing on with the council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west 728 i'm greg bishop Springfield City Council Committee of Whole last night, nearly two hours, a lot of conversation uh, focused on the uh, situation of how to deal with those experiencing homelessness. We'll actually touch on that a little bit, but more focused on panhandling. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, there was an ordinance up for consideration last night, several of them that deal with closing roads for parades. For the annual Trades and Labor Council, Labor Day Parade to be held on September 6, 2021 for the Office of Public Works. Motion for consideration 2021, 322, 323, and 324. They all have to do with temporary closures. I'll second that motion. Okay. So lumping them all together, uh, you've got the Labor Day Parade, you've got the Halloween Parade, and the Christmas Parade uh, that they're going to be planning on shutting down some streets temporarily to make way for those parades. So they went ahead and passed all three of those lumped together in one vote, but then another ordinance popped up. They put that on consent or debate or whatever they did with it. And then all the woman, Kristen DeCenso, uh, jumps on and uh, provides uh, some breaking news. Well, going back to uh, the Labor Day Parade, uh-huh. I was just informed it was canceled. Ah! Oh. So we might want to withdraw that ordinance. Yeah. Oh, that's one bombshell I was dropped last night. <laughs> Several others also uh, talked about and uh, dropped last night as well. We'll get to all of those uh, coming up here on the WMAY morning news feed. Plus, continuing the conversation about how to tackle uh, some of the problems that are uh, being experienced downtown. Not just those experiencing homelessness, but those who are experiencing getting hit up for change on the uh, the streets of downtown Springfield, especially around some businesses. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll get more of the Council Roundup coming up here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Head West Subs, their downtown location now open for lunch. All right, back with the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. If you missed the breaking news... They were uh, passing ordinances for the full council to consider to uh, block off some of the streets for the Labor Day Parade, for the Halloween Parade, for the Christmas Parade, and then Alderwoman DeCenso jumps in. Well, going back to uh, the Labor Day Parade, mm-hmm. I was just informed it was canceled, yeah. so we might want to withdraw that ordinance. Nah, that's too bad. I'm not sure why it's canceled. But uh, surely we'll hear more about that. Uh, moving on, other things they were considering last night. Uh, the Corporation Council, Jim Zirkel, uh, he brought up several ordinances that were going to be considered, but he asked that they be held in committee uh, while they deal with uh, some of the uh, the questions that have been raised. Here's uh, Corporation Council Jim Zirkel, uh, who's the city's attorney. Uh, a letter from ACLU asking us to... Uh, respond to, uh, I think, certain uh, questions that they have relating to both 336 and also 337. So I would respectfully request you just hold those in committee because I literally just saw the letter like 10 minutes ago. So what exactly do these measures deal with? Uh, Do they deal with issues surrounding panhandling or people asking for money and free speech issues and so on? Here's Alderman Ralph Hanauer delving into some of these issues. Do we have like a solicitation license when people go door to door or something like that? Itinerant, we have an itinerant merchant's like license where a person would be selling door to door. Why can't we require them to get one of these? 
Do if they don't have one, they're in violation. So that's, I guess, one suggestion. Uh, Corporation Council Zirkle? I don't want to get too deep into that until we have a chance to uh, respond to that. So with the ACLU raising questions about uh, uh, a couple of uh, proposed ordinances, uh, the Corporation Council uh, seeming to not really want to show too much of uh, one way or the other that the city may be leaning. Uh, more from Alderman Redpath about some of these issues. So it says in here that uh, some of this is pertaining to the solicitation within 50 feet of the cannabis dispensary. Is this specifically for the cannabis, uh, cannabis dispensary? Yes. Why wouldn't it be effective for any other business, especially downtown? And again, uh, Corporation Council seeming to uh, want to kind of hold off on uh, any further conversation until he fully reviews the uh, letter from the ACLU. Uh, you had Alderman Joe McMiniman raising some questions uh, about uh, various aspects of some of these measures and uh, the Corporation Council responding. Uh, the uh, question that was raised with the letter is uh, questioning whether or not you can have any, any standard for aggressive solicitation. So um, we will are going to take a look at that, and I'll be able to give some additional information after we've had a chance to look at it. I just don't think it's. I, I'm not making any accusation. I don't think it's fair that we do it for one business and not all of our businesses downtown because they're all they're all struggling with the same situations with the homeless and the panhandling that's going on in front of their businesses. And that was Alderman Redpath, but again, uh, Alderman McMiniman also raising other questions and Corporation Council Zirkle responding. Uh, but I do want a chance to look at the materials that were provided today so we can respond to that. Well, I'm not asking for anything secret. I'm just asking if you're aware that state statute has a 50-foot requirement in the cannabis law. Uh, I'm aware that there are regulations relating to solicitations around uh, cannabis uh, locations. Okay, thanks a lot. It kind of avoids the question, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> You're both lawyers. That's what you do. No, um, <laughs> one lawyer to another. Sorry. <laughs> no offense. No offense. They're both lawyers. Ah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, all right, moving on. Other issues that were raised last night. Um, after they got done dealing with all the ordinances that were on the table, deciding whether to put them into the consent agenda or the debate agenda, and are things going to be amended next week when it's up for final passage? We'll hear about all of that next week. Uh, but on to new and unfinished business. Alderwoman Conley raising concerns about uh, the city's media department, which is actually kind of splintered right now into different areas. You've got uh, elected officials controlling some aspects and other elected officials controlling other aspects. Uh, but ultimately, Alderwoman Conley saying that um, she wants to uh, not just herself when she's not there to be able to plug right in and uh, watch what's going on with the council. But she knows constituents want to be able to do that as well uh, in many different formats, not just on broadcast TV, uh, but also online via Facebook or wherever else they could possibly watch it. So Alderwoman Conley raising some concerns there. And I would like to see that we do whatever we need to do, take those steps as soon as possible to improve that communication and the transparency so that people don't have to come into council but can listen without, I mean, it's strange, strange noise. 
Yep. We're in the process of doing that right now, Alderman. So that is the uh, clerk, Frank Lesko, who controls some aspects of the city's communication, uh, especially when it comes to archiving uh, city audio and uh, uh, the, the various ordinances and how they're passed and who voted for what and the agendas for each meeting. So uh, Frank Lesko uh, being in control of that. Uh, but then you get into the council chambers itself and all the different equipment that's in there. If you recall earlier, throwback to uh, uh, Alderman Jim Donnellan. Uh, tried hearing some comments from him earlier about the uh, issue of those experiencing homelessness and just couldn't really hear him. Microphone just <laughs> not really working. It's just, it sounds like he's 20 feet away from the microphone. Uh, but uh, he, he seemed to catch on last night that uh, uh, he's going to have to get a little bit closer to the microphone. And, and here's, an, here's another tip for you, Alderman. My mom told me whenever I was singing in church choir, she said, you get up to that microphone and you act like you're eating it. But I've had other people tell me, you know, don't get up too close. Uh, when I have guests in the studio, I tell them to be about a fist's difference from the microphone, just to not have any pops or anything. But uh, Alderman Donnellan, hearing other advice from others, uh, and we could actually hear him talk last night. My mother taught me years ago to sit up. And the reason I'm hunching over is because for the last two months, I haven't had a, a mic that's worked properly. And we finally figured out that I have to hunch over like this for it to be heard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. I think a lot of other people uh, figured that out, too. It might not just be the uh, the problem with the mic. It's just the, the matter of which the mic is so uh, t- tuned in to a certain sensitivity that it doesn't want to pick up all the papers rattling of your neighbor. Or uh, if you remember the, the pin clicks... We, we, you know, we don't want to hear all of that. So the microphones are uh, sensitive to a certain point, and you got to get really close to, to get your point across. So hopefully Alderman Donnellan does continue that. Uh, last night, he uh, we could actually hear him after he recognized Gordon, that. I've been told by constituents that, Jim, we can't hear you. And and essentially, when things like that happen, I don't mean to trivialize them because it's, it's really kind of it's really serious. You're kind of taking away the voice of somebody and, and, and you know, taking a voice from areas of the city, and it's just not right. So hopefully uh, we'll share more of what Alderman Donnellan has to say, not just with interviews, but also uh, from his uh, uh, conversations during the council meeting here with the Council Roundup. It is the Council Roundup, 745. I'm Greg Bishop. Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Uh, Alderman Hanauer also chiming in on uh, the, the, the media and the technology in the council chambers. The, the problem that we have is the clerk's office is responsible for some things in here. The... Uh, communications office and is is responsible for some things and IT is responsible for some things and you know so again we got to get people to work and but I do agree with we've got to get this done so it's so splintered how do you go about yeah do do you say to the clerk uh hey elected official we're going to take away some of your responsibilities and just give it to the mayor's office because the mayor uh he oversees you know the the communication department uh, that put out press releases on on behalf of the city, uh, but also uh, the communication department apparently is responsible for the broadcasting side of things. Uh, so how do you delegate those responsibilities and get everybody on the same page? Here's uh, Alderman Redpath and the clerk Frank Lesko going back and forth. You know I, I'm confused because I think we've been piecemealing this for so long, and no uh-huh. offense to you or the clerk whatsoever, but we have professional corporations and businesses, audio video contractors right here in Springfield that could probably walk in there and take care of this problem and 
they live in Ward 7 or Ward, nine, or Ward 6, one of them. That's but right. they, they have, we have good people that can come in here and probably handle this thing in a, in a matter of days. He, uh, he went on to say uh, that, uh, hey, there's companies in Springfield uh, that can address some of these issues, and uh, Frank Lesko responding Did as well. Did we ask any of these professionals to come in here and give us their advice, or we? I have not, because that's not my, Mr. Clark, my area's broadcast. To come in here? I'm, I'm working with a couple companies in Springfield right now, and I'm going off of, um, I've met with IT, and their recommendation is not to go with monitors, but to go with high-resolution TVs. They're less expensive. You know, I, I like all the I like all the dog and pony stuff about bringing TVs in, but we need technology. We need to be able to, we need to be able to vote. We need to be able to request to speak. We need to be able to uh, use our monitors to to for presentations and and without having to look at the screens. We, there's so much that that goes into this. And, and gee, I'm not taking shots at you guys. We we've been fighting this for years. It's ridiculous. So uh, is it going to be resolved? Who knows? Uh, here's Julia. She is with the mayor's office in the communication department. I was assigned, you know, that is my job as the AV studio. I'm more than happy Absolutely. to come in into the chambers to help, but I also want to be respectful as an elected official that is his office. And so I'm trying, like I said, treading lightly. And uh, making sure not to step on any toes, I would imagine, as well. Uh, finally here, uh, one last little bit. Uh, on the issue of uh, uh, the the communication and the the media aspects. If you're not selected for that job. Oh, well, okay, that was the last bit. I'll just write that off. All right, uh, let's get into uh, the police chief conversation. We talked with Alderman Hanauer yesterday, and then we also talked with Police Chief Kenny Winslow yesterday. They kind of reiterated some of what they said yesterday on the air last night at the city council meeting. If you're not selected for that job, um, you coming back and, and leading our police officers. Um, I mean, I, I, I think that my personal opinion is we gave you a raise to, 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 to stay, and it, I've, I've heard your name on, on a few jobs that, you know, that, that were out there. So uh, that's the reason why I, I, I said when they asked me, I think that it's time that, uh, if, you know, we should find another chief. And he really highlighted as well that uh, there's a lot of uh, rank and file uh, that uh, don't get the raises that the chief got uh, percentage wise, and uh, that can that can hurt morale. Uh, chief Winslow responding last night to the council. I want to be involved in the profession that I've dedicated my life to, that I love, whether that's as a chief somewhere else, whether that's as a consultant, whether that's a teacher at one of the local universities, or as a lobbyist for law enforcement. I'm going to stay involved in law enforcement. So, again, if you missed all of this, uh, Chief Winslow's name popped up as a finalist in Bloomington uh, to be the police chief there. This after last year, uh, he was uh, uh, taking a job in a different city in a different state. But after giving a raise to stay in Springfield, he stuck around in Springfield. But he talked last night about uh, why Bloomington is an option. An, an opportunity for my wife to gain employment, a place that has a good quality of life. I have small children. I have a six-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 16 and a 19. I'm going to work for a while. I have colleges to pay for, weddings to pay for. I'm going to keep working. It's a great opportunity for me. And I, there's no guarantees. I haven't been offered nothing. Uh, it's an honor to be selected to be one of the finalists and to move forward the process. And it's, a, it's a, something I feel I have to do. Alderman Sean Gregory sounding off about all this and uh, making a, a pretty strong statement about uh, Chief Winslow's leadership. I had felt the difference 
in policing in the community that I was from. And it was the first time I had ever spoken up at an event like that. So it was hard, it was tough. Um, but I did that because it was true. We had seen a change in our community from whatever tactics Chief Winslow deployed. And we've had some, some very um, personal conversations that I'll keep to me. But, but part of this is emotional for me because I know he's a good chief, he's a good man. Um, and he's always said he's going to leave, and you know I always mess with him and say, "Well, why are you leaving Springfield to go to Bloomington or Peoria and stuff like that?" Um, but I respect his decision. But he's a good chief, um, he's a good man, and uh, I, I respect you, dude. And uh, for real, you're a good dude. So appreciate you. <laughs> you're a good dude. Uh, that's a G O O D. D-O-O-D, good dude. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people agree uh, Chief Winslow has done some pretty incredible things, uh, especially in the past year where you saw a lot of unrest in other cities. Uh, we didn't see that level of unrest here in Springfield. Uh, and I think uh, the community involvement and, uh, you know, National Night Out and things like that and the community uh, policing uh, really does uh, do a, a quite a bit. Uh, last night there was also conversation about uh, economic development. Uh, older woman uh, Conley uh poking at the mayor saying hey uh peoria just got an amazon development center uh what's up with springfield no so i amazon is getting a our peoria area is getting a fulfillment center from amazon um, which is a significant influx of new jobs and the question that i was sent was where's our economic development director and then the mayor he responded uh with a story about uh, a chinese factory he toured once and said uh, he asked one of the managers how many employees you got at this factory and the guy says three and uh, the mayor uh, ultimately saying that uh, we need to focus on uh, jobs that will be sustainable. So even though Amazon, you know, is great, you know, they promise a lot of jobs. Hopefully Peoria did their due diligence and guaranteed those jobs for a prolonged period of time. Uh, because that's what we would do uh, when we're ever in that position. We talked about the importance of economic development and how there are many different organizations, not just the city of Springfield, that are involved in that. Uh, but he also talked about, uh, you know, everybody asks about manufacturing jobs as well. He kind of downplayed that. With regards to manufacturing, healthcare is going to be a major driver. Um, the university presence downtown is a major driver. The state coming back is a major driver in their complex. Uh, development as well as the rail project and moving forward in those directions. So uh, they may be blessed with the warehouse. We're blessed on many different fronts of development. So the mayor uh, highlighting that uh, they'll continue forward with their uh, development priorities. And then we have a, a bombshell last night dropped by Alderman Andrew Proctor, who was the chair of last night's City Council Committee of the Whole. And uh, here's the Alderman with his announcement. I got one last thing. Um, August 24th will be my last meeting here as an alderman for Ward 5. Um, yeah, I was offered a, an opportunity to move uh, up north with a career opportunity, which I'm going to take. Uh, so I want all of you to know here, my colleagues, it's been an honor working with you. It's been an honor, you know, helping lead Springfield. But uh, the notice will go out soon. Um, so the mayor is going to have a, another duty here shortly to do. Um, but I just want to know. Let y'all know that. So, Ward 5 seat opening up. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, the mayor's going to be picking that uh, uh, replacement, and we'll have to introduce ourselves to whoever the new alder person will be.